0: Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at
1: work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. Hi, I'm Chris Marie. And I'm Susan. We run a company called Thrive, and we specialize in conflict resolution, communication, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships. Conflict shows up in our lives in so many ways. Most people, unfortunately, are not very good at handling conflict. Most people have never been taught the right tools for dealing with conflict. And then it leads to unnecessary friction, arguments, passive aggressive emails, tears, hurtful comments, stuckness, all kinds of things we don't want. We're on a mission to change all of that. We've
0: spent the last 20 years teaching our clients how to handle conflict in a whole new way. We're here to show you that conflict doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. With the right tools, you can turn a moment of conflict into a moment of reinvention. Conflict can pave the way into a beautiful new system at work, a new way of leading your team, a new way of parenting, a new chapter of your marriage where you feel more connected
1: than ever before. Conflict can lead to beautiful things. All right, here we are live, and we have a very special guest today. Please welcome Masha from the play, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. Hello, darling. It's so wonderful to see you today. If you can imagine, we have just had a diva in our our green room. So we are thrilled to have her here. And some of you may recognize ever so slightly the voice behind Masha, which is the Chris Marie Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Now I
0: can talk in my normal voice, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, you can. I wanted to interview Chris Marie as Masha because this was a big play for her, a big part and a big opportunity. And we thought it would be fun to share this through our podcast and talk a little about what it was like for you to step in and play this kind of larger than life character, Masha.
0: Yeah, it was really different because when I went to the audition, I thought I was going to be playing Sonia, who is written as a pretty pathetic character. So I had to, you know, play big in the audition and I got it. And it was really fun. She did wind up casting it really well, which is kind of hard because (laughs) I have to really own that I am a bit of a diva. But it was a challenge in working with her. (laughs)
1: I find it shocking that this was news to you that you were a diva, but I will go ahead and let that one go and you know.
0: well, I just you know she is Masha when you said larger than life, she is larger than life, and she takes up the stage and will tell stories about herself, you know she'll suck all the air out of the room and that was not how I grew up. Maybe I would have if I had been unimpeded, but I had a big what do they call a male diva divo. So, to actually step in and continue to tell a story, even though people look so not interested, I'm with my brother and my sister in the story. They love Masha, but she can really overwhelm (laughs) a room.
1: (laughs) So, I know because I actually was living with you through most of (laughs) the lead up to this show that you did struggle with embracing this character because she was sort of larger than life. However, it did seem as though you kind of came to terms with that. Do you know what helped you get to the point where, you know, Masha was in the house from tech night through each of the shows? I think it was the contrast because what happened is I
0: had had this, you had gone to Seattle to do your Equus leadership, you know, with the six women executives and that was happening. And I was home alone. And I had a really long day on the phone doing coaching and facilitating an offsite remotely, which was weird. You were there. And when I got to rehearsal Thursday before opening night, I guess I was just jangled and spent and I did not bring Masha. And the director pulled me aside, Katie, and she was like, listen... (laughs) Masha is the larger-than-life character. She brings the energy to this brother and sister who have basically just lived in this house and not really done much with their lives. And if you don't bring the energy, nobody has anything to react off. And so the play is really flat. And I could tell that was happening and that I felt very disconnected from my body, my energy inside. So I had some marching orders to kind of go find Masha. (laughs)
1: It sounds like the director was able to kind of give you a little bit of a two by four, like exactly.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. And I was thinking, you know, I didn't actually work harder, so that was what was different Mm. because I had been working hard, you know, when I before the day, all day Thursday, on the phone for like eight hours, and how that got me into a different headspace. Masha is much more in her body; she moves very fluidly and very big, and so I had to actually have more fun and enjoy myself to drop into my physical body, move from my hips. So I listened to music, I danced, I relaxed more. And that's how Masha showed up. Mm -hmm. Because of course, Masha wouldn't work hard. She's often orchestrating people around her, but she's not like my alter ego at times can be quite driven. And that doesn't necessarily serve me. So that was something to learn from Masha that, hey, when I'm trying hard and trying to make it work. Like all the magic goes out of me and Masha doesn't show up.
1: And I think that's actually something that's worth talking about a little bit, because I think that's true. Probably it's true in the play. It was true for Masha. It's probably true in life. Well, for me, it hasn't been a play, but just today I was skiing and I can go in and be fearful and try hard. And usually what happens is it does not go well. <laughs> <You> I, fall. <laughs> I fall, you know, or I just am terrified to like, I do not ski well, or I can relax, breathe and things happen. And it sounds like that's what it was like for you when you gave yourself permission to quit driving, to get this part, right and relaxed and got into your hips. Yes. And you
0: know, I think, This is also, I learned this in rowing and I coach people in performance, whether that's, you know, giving speeches or leading teams and influence with them who they are and how they're speaking. And often when we're trying hard, and you know this, even it's reflected when you do the equus coaching, like you have a leader there with the horse. When somebody is trying hard, when I'm trying hard, we just get tight Our energy does not expand. It doesn't connect to the other human beings that we're trying to influence. And it's really important for me to come back and remind myself of that. Because when I grew up as a little one, like, okay, the only safe thing is for me to work hard and that will please dad and I'll be safe. So safety and survival were my kind of priority versus expression and thriving, which is, actually comes when I sink into it, into my body, that can be quite magical and electric. And that's the feedback I got when I was playing Masha full out. <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, you were so radiant. And I was a character that people kind of think love to hate because Masha would say anything and she'd say it with a smile. You know, One of her lines is, I can't help it if I'm talented, beautiful, and intelligent, can I? You know, another favorite line was, oh, go get a paper bag for her head, would you? <laughs> oh, thank you. And that's because she's intimidated by somebody who's prettier than her. So she's going to make everybody else kind of like contained, so she can shine. But that internal impulse to shine can so dampen because I've got to be efficient and productive and I think that's going to help me. And it's actually that thought that really shuts down my energy and my flow and my joy really too.
1: And, you know, I, having gone to both opening and closing night, this was a Black Curtain, so there were not a lot of runs of this particular show. I did see, you know, when you do, you shined both nights, and it was actually kind of different. That's what's fun about live theater is it's not the same audience, it's not the same crowd, but both nights you really came alive in it. And I think that is what acting's all about. But I also think it says something to when you relax, that's a natural part for you. How do you feel about being a diva?
0: (laughs) A little chagrined because I do want things the way I want them, as (laughs) you know, (laughs) whether that's in the house or the way a presentation goes or the way an offsite goes. Owning that is a lot better than pretending I'm not that and then trying to cover it up.
1: Well, I love that you said that because I think that is so important for people to hear. It's like I think that diva's in you anytime but when you're actually comfortable with it and owning it there's sort of a playful real connecting aspect to it and when you're kind of not then it's actually not nearly as much fun <laughs> when
0: you know to be around well yeah because I get really kind of a little bit more hard and bossy and because mm-hmm. I think, oh, it's not going to happen. And it's really, you know, you said, even when you're talking about your skiing, when I'm coming from a place of fear or scarcity, or there's, we're not going to get it right. There's not going to be enough. Somebody's going to be upset with what we do. That is really negative kind of reinforcing that changes my energy. Cause all of a sudden I'm focused out there. Oh my gosh, I've got to please that person. So then I'm trying to change me to match them versus kind of coming more from authentically within and then seeing the impact and responding. Very different versus on pre-planning and then trying to figure it out.
1: One of the ways that I've heard you talk about that is also the difference between a performance, which is pretty static, like it's got to look a certain way versus performing in terms of the energy of those two. And when you're in that performing energy, it's moving, it's flowing, it's actually responding from within to the audience, to your other actors and the performance sounds more like it's kind of, you have to do the work to get there, like know the blocking, know the part, know what, you know, all those pieces. But if you stay there, it's kind of stiff and jilted. Is that? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. The performing energy. And
0: this is what I coach people on when they're in their performance, like I'm going to try to do it right. I'm going to try to memorize it. And really when you get up there, it's a lot about letting go and connecting with the energy and your energy and So hopefully, you've done the work up front, but even if you haven't, even if you have not memorized whatever, you have to take that moment and breathe into it and respond. And if you do, and Susan, you're a master at this, like using humor in the moment to normalize a situation, and all of a sudden, everybody relaxes. Because when we're performing, whether it's giving a talk, leading a group of people on stage you know, as an actor we are influencing and connecting with our energy and other human beings, even if it's on a video or a podcast even. And the more I can relax and be with my energy and in the moment, the better versus trying to control it so much, which is when we get into that fear, control, I've got to be perfect. That's when our own energy gets too tight and it doesn't transmit.
1: It's not like these things don't happen in the moment. I may be really relaxed. And then all of a sudden I tighten up because, you know, our water system starts to make a lot of noise (laughs) and I'm fearful that it's going to interrupt and destroy the entire podcast. But if I can remember, I'm probably the only one hearing that. So the reason why we wanted to talk about this today is because I think you use these parts to really explore some aspect of yourself and get more comfortable Owning it, working with it, so that even when it shows up out in the world outside of a play, you have more resources inside yourself, even this diva.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, and even so, what I learned from Masha, and I wrote a blog about this, is you know, Masha is in her body. She's sensual. She's big. She's glowing and not big physically, but big in presence. It's very attractive. So to me, I can actually go into a room and pull my energy in and be invisible, or I can kind of move my hips and be more alive and people turn and notice. That's a really powerful thing for me to be conscious of and to use when I want to use it. That's pretty powerful. Another thing that Masha does that I really appreciate, as soon as she starts to go into a self-doubt, like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not good enough. She will flip that switch and say, nope, nope, I would have been great. And she would say it a lot lower. She'd say, no, no, I would have been great. So her voice is in her body and she flips the switch from self doubt to self reinforcement, which in particular for women is a very powerful skill. For me, it's a very powerful skill to take into my life and also coach other women to do that. So they don't get sucked into contracting and going small, kind of staying in themselves and what they believe in.
1: Those are a couple of
0: things.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. And I do think, you know, when you bring that energy into our work, whatever that looks like, it is very palpable and powerful. And what I think you're saying is playing these roles is helping you to be able to more consciously embody that and make choices when you want to shine and when you don't, or when you're in self-doubt to know, okay, that's what's happening. Let me see if I can switch it. Yeah. And I think
0: a lot of women in the corporate environment think, oh, I have to shut all that energy down because I've got to be, you know, efficient, productive and be one of the guys or compete. And I mean, that's kind of old school. Hopefully more and more women are changing, but to actually own this energy in the middle of an offsite with a corporate client And have that be okay, you know, have that be me, it's actually impacts the energy of the room in a, I think in a really positive way, because it's so easy to get up in our heads at work and focus on the spreadsheets, which are important, but not at the cost of this embodiment. And also, yeah, shifting the self-doubt, like, wait a minute, you're a smart woman. There's a reason you came up with this opinion. So don't boot it out the door quite yet. Let's have the conversation.
1: The last thing I kind of just wanted to mention, because it could be so easy, I think, for you to say, especially in our business and our work, that it's not okay to take the time to play a part in the community theater because it may take us away from some of our other work. But over and over again, I've seen you come up against that, whether you're going to try out or not. And then every single time, I've seen you embrace a role or a play. It has transformed, often invited in new opportunities. It may not seem like it's direct part of our business, but it sure seems like it should be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's part of our marketing arm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that because, and I do the short rehearsal cycle usually. And when I'm involved in the play, Now I have done a part or two that I've like, "Hmm, I could have skipped this play, but when I'm in a part that is so alive and sensual and big and radiant and I come alive and that energy is much more attractive. Even it's not like I'm going out and soliciting corporate gigs, but they wind up coming. You know, through the whatever six degrees of separation, people call and ask. And I do think it's because I am more open and alive and happy and flowing naturally in my joy. So I do think, and by the way, you're the one that usually says, hey,
1: Chris Murray, you're going to miss that audition.
0: (laughs) I'd be like, oh, I forgot all about it.
1: Oh, and then a couple of days later when you get the part, sometimes I'm like, oh, what have I done?
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I do think not even just for schedule, but every time I play a part, it's like,
1: oh, I'm so excited. I got
0: it. And then I start to get into the character and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I go into that self-doubt. It's like this dip. And then I start to find my way out. It's a natural part of the process. And I think I just want to say that for anybody who's doing anything new to know that it's really exciting and then you're going to hit your curve of learning and then you're going to, you know, recover and be able to get into it.
1: I did want to go back just briefly to what you were talking about just before this, about this idea. Because I think so many people that we work with, so many of the clients we have in big corporate settings are so concerned about slowing down, taking the time whether it's on a team taking the time to actually engage in a different way or whether it's just somebody who's driven taking the time to maybe go on a walk or take a dance break as we call it or something, but giving themselves the permission to not be on. And yet what I think you're saying, and I know I've witnessed this over and over again, is when you take that time, your joy comes up and you have more energy to give. Now, obviously, you couldn't do that all the time. Like you said, you kind of go for the shorter parts so that you can enjoy them. But the I shorter think that's, place, yeah. The shorter place. But, and I do think it's important for people to realize when you tap into your joy and you regularly give yourself permission to do that, you're more alive and you're going to be a better leader.
0: I think this is so important. And because, again, we tend to more, faster, better, you know, quicker. Harder, all those qualities. And I go back to even like several presidents, obviously very busy men. Someday there'll be a woman, but a couple of them talk about taking midday naps, taking that time just for themselves, a pause in a day as a way of helping them be more productive. And I am, whether it's a play for two weeks or it's a half an hour where you go take a walk or 15 minutes, any sort of break really helps. Reconnect to me and my resources get out of my head, breathing, walking, connecting to another human being, remembering these are people. I loved when I was in, I worked at Chemical Bank and there'd be this woman. She was so confident. She was a vice president and she'd be like, Hey, Chris Marie, you know, do you want to take a walk with me? And you know, and she had the time. This is a very busy woman. I was an intern had the time to connect to me. And I thought, wow, this is really neat. So one, you make more. Connections, but there's just more of you you access, which by the way will help you solve those problems.
1: Yes. (laughs) So I guess what I'm taking away from this is it's really important to embrace the joy during your day and to also realize that, yeah, there's important business to be done, but sometimes it's equally important to drop in and enjoy and give yourself permission to take care of yourself.
0: And I, I just yes. have to read a couple of Masha quotes. I okay. said one, but I put my tiara on to read this because Masha does wear that. Anyone who wears a tiara in sequence is always going to be the winner. I think that should be a bumper sticker for all women. <laughs> and the whole idea of I don't wait for people, people wait for me, not the other way around, okay? And the idea of just her self-report, which so many people, especially women are like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me get out of your way versus wait a minute. I matter. And that's not bad. You're not like stepping over other people, but you matter.
1: So the other thing to take away from this is own your diva.
0: Own my diva. Own your diva. Because that's so much more fun. You have more confidence, more enthusiasm, more zest for life. And because you're a diva, you're going to have that confidence to ask for more money and get promoted and say yes and give your opinion. It's a powerful thing. So I am owning my diva. Woohoo.
1: All right. Thank you, Chris Marie and Masha, for yes. joining us today for this interview. I love it.
0: Thank you, darling. It's been wonderful.
1: Well, thank you for listening to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. If you're dealing with a difficult situation in your life or work, remember every conflict is a chance for you to be vulnerable and curious and find creative solutions that you hadn't considered before and make your situation even better. Beautiful breakthroughs can be born out of conflict. We've seen this happen thousands of times over the last 20 years, and we know this is possible for everyone, including you. We're grateful you listened to this show and we're rooting for you. And if you enjoyed this show, please
0: tell a few friends and or post a five-star review on iTunes. Your review helps new listeners discover this show and more people listening to the show means less friction in arguing and suffering out in the world. So that's a great thing for everyone. And also, if you'd like to find out more about us or have us work with your team, speak at your event or coach with you, go to our website at www.thriveinc.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com to read our articles, join our newsletters, reach out to us and learn more about us. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a peaceful, productive and beautiful day.